Shall we begin? Let's begin now. This is Jackie Smith, and welcome to the Keep It Magic podcast with myself and my co-host, Storm Sestivani. Spend the next hour with us as we laugh our way through life and find the many magical ways we can craft a better one. This dynamic duo is ready to challenge the spiritual status quo and bridge the mystical with the practical. Keep It Magic is sponsored by Coventry Creations, where no matter what your problem, love, money, romance, home, health, maybe even a new car, Coventry has a candle for that. Now put on your seatbelts and get ready to expand your mind with Jackie and Storm. Let's begin Good afternoon, everybody. I am Storm Sestavani. You are listening to Keep It Magic. Um, I'm here, of course, with my co-host, Jackie Smith, and we have a great show that is lined up for you today. Cruise on over to our website at www.keepitmagic.com. Again, that's www.keepitmagic.com. While you're there, if you have a problem in your life, regardless of what that problem is, career, romance, money, spirituality, you need to remove somebody from your life, you need to bring somebody into your life, you need to do just a little bit of, you know, bringing in maybe a little bit of money, we have a candle for that. So make sure that you cruise on over to keepitmagic.com and check that out. And also on the site, you can contact Jackie Smith and myself, Storm Sestavani, directly. Um... We have a huge show lined up. Um, Jackie, um, how are you doing today? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm uh, uh, fumbling into the holiday season, and uh-huh. I'm also fielding a lot of astrological questions. So people think that because we do a radio show together and you are the astro guru, mm-hmm. um, that I know equal amounts By of astrology. <laughs> 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 and, and tis not true. Tis not true. Um, I have to say, it's much easier to teach you about candle magic and magic in general and stuff mm-hmm. than it is to teach me about astrology. So I kind of feel a little, you know, maybe um, i got to catch up a little. I'm not sure. I'm not the smartest girl in the world. You don't have the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jackie, you have to remember, I started studying astrology at 14 years old. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and it was my, you know, after all my homework was done from high school, it was, you know, uh, uh, my pastime. Um, I, as you, everybody knows, I came from an extremely dysfunctional family, and, you know, friends were not allowed um, in that dysfunctional family. And so the stars a, in the sky were your yeah. deepest deepest friend. Well, you know, it became a life filled with astrology, mythology, fairy tales. Um, you know, anything that I could do to escape that particular, the particular mindset of reality. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, you know, novels, I must have in high school read 600, 700 novels. Um, oh, that's easy, yeah, I, yeah. That's what I did mostly in school. The only thing I was encouraged to do was read, because anything else would involved would have involved someone's time, and that was not happening. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it, I either had a new book that I was reading or a series that I was reading or, you know, um, back then there was an enormous amount of astrological textbooks that were available um, in the uh, early to mid-80s. Um, and, uh, you know, so it was, you know, a f- the interesting thing that I did do, Jackie, and this is just kind of a confession, you're going to love it, because of the fact that you could not readily go to a particular bookstore at that point, and in the town I lived in, they didn't have one anyway. Um, right. So I went to the library, Jackie, and rented out the um, uh, a book on astrology and then told my uh, my mother that I lost the book and had to pay for it. 
So, um, you know, she had to go down there and pop down her, you know, 30 bucks and, you know, pay for the particular book. And I told her, you know, like, my locker was broken. I don't even remember the excuse that I gave. But it was so that I could just continue to have and read and memorize every particular line of that book. So um, it's it's complex. You know, the, the great thing that people have, and God, do I wish that... I had it for astrology then, and I'm sure that you know you wish that you had it for magic then. Is now um, you can pretty much research anything on astrology on the internet um, uh, uh, and get multiple sources, including myself, um, that are giving information in regards to what things m- mean. Could you imagine where we would be at if we had that? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I could imagine that. Um... Because I'm watching, you know, my my daughter and, and different kids that I know that that grew up with this and with easy access, they don't care about it. They kind of care about it, um, but it's not. I don't know. I just there's a couple of kids kids that are great at it, but I still see folks getting into this as they're older. Yeah. To answer questions versus now, but but yes, you know, I was already. I was absolutely in my early teens looking for a lot of answers. We were just having a conversation here at at Coventry about how we got into the spiritual world Mm -hmm. as we were, like, learning more and more about our customers, and then we started asking each other the same questions. And I said, you know, I always wanted to be in the spiritual world. I always wanted to be. I was always looking for answers. Um, First I looked for the answers within the religion that I was brought up in, and then it was interesting how there were some very simplistic yet loving answers as a kid. You know, when you go to catechism, Jesus loves everybody. Mm-hmm. As soon as you get um, confirmed in the church, Jesus loves no one. <laughs> and you are yeah. going to hell. <laughs> and so um, uh, so looking for those magical answers was, uh, magic came to me first through going to, to Bible school. Because to me, that's what Jesus did, and, yeah. and and that's what that was all about. So, yeah, we I think we just looked for it and found it wherever we could. Yeah, it was you know the you know by the time that I had you know I'd moved to California and was able to uh, land myself into um, a metaphysical bookstore for the first time, Jackie. It was just uh-huh. like I was working every shift that I could. Um, you know, I worked for um, a psychic line at the time. Um, but and I would purposely work extra shifts, Jackie, with the sole intention that those extra shifts were going to pay for all these books I was about to buy. <laughs> you know, so it, how did you jump, since you didn't, um, since this wasn't part of your every day, how did you get into doing readings? Was it I, when you went to, went to California? No. Um, I went to um, a whole life expo in Denver. At the time, um, my parents were living in Louisiana. Um, and I went to a whole life expo, and um, uh, they were these kind of it's when metaphysics and the new age movement was like just booming. Mm-hmm. So you would have these big expo places. I don't even know if they still do the whole life expo. Um, they do. But, okay, so they still do it. And it was in Denver, and I went to Denver, and um, I was just walking around with uh, a friend of mine, um, and uh, at this particular point in Louisiana, it was kind of a little bit harder to control me um, uh, than um, uh, it was in my earlier teens. So my parents agreed to let me go, surprisingly. Um, and 
I went to the Whole Life Expo, and I ended up at a particular counter, and there was a woman there that's name was Katrina Kern. And she was um, doing something called uh, kinesiology diamond therapy. Okay. And I found it very, very fascinating. You know, she was using, you know, she would lay diamonds like on your body and the vibration of it supposedly cleaned things out. And at that point, I wanted to be cleaned out anyways. I wanted a complete spiritual enema. Um, <laughs> you know, the, uh, I wanted everything cleared out, everything from the past cleared out, everything. Um, so, um, uh, while I was standing there, Jackie, and she goes, oh, sign, sign the guest book. So I signed the guest book if you wanted more information. And you know what I was thinking? I was like, oh, free information, yes. You know, um, uh, I'll be able to learn something. Um, and while I was standing there, Jackie, this thing just hit me in my head and would not go away. And it was hitting me to the point that I was starting to have a headache. And I turned around almost involuntarily and told the woman, Katrina, are you going to Florida? And she said, yes. And I said, are you bringing horses with you? And she said, yes. I said, I'm being told to tell you not to bring these horses. So, you know, she goes, uh, she goes, oh, thanks for the information. She was looking at me odd because, you know, I was like 17, 18. Um, and uh, she goes to Florida, Jackie, and there is some ravine or something in going through California or, or through Colorado. And basically what ended up happening is that it was snowy. The horse thing fell off of the car, and it went into, over the mountain, Jackie, and the horses died and all this other stuff. I put down my name and number on that paper, mm -hmm. and she called. Um, I had just gotten to California, and she called, um, had called my parents and asked for me. And when I had called home for something, you know, my mother said this woman named Katrina, um, you know, she says that you met at the Whole Life Expo, um, you know, called and she left the telephone number. So I called her back, Jackie, and she told me what happened. And she goes, oh, I need to tell you, I've started a psychic line, and I would like for you to come to work for me. <laughs> Is that when you picked up tarot? No, no. I had already been studying tarot um, by that particular point. I ran across the tarot deck at a garage sale. Um, oh, that's the best uh, way. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was like 15, 16, and I'd started studying tarot at that particular point as well. You know, there was like a book and a, um, uh, the book was um, the first printing of a Tarot for Yourself by Mary Greer and the tarot deck. So um, uh, you know, that's how I got into tarot. And so you were ready. You were ready for yeah. that, that phone call about this. I was all ready for the whole thing because I was like, uh, you know, I have to go get a job and all this other stuff. So, And it just came, and it paid, you know, at the time. You know, I was 18 years old, Jackie, and it paid $24 an hour. Oh, that's huge money. That's still huge money now. You know, and that was in, you know, 1988. Right. Um, so that was like, that was... That was stripper money at that point. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I was able to work, you know, 30, 40 hours a week, Jackie, there, and still, you know, be at home to do schoolwork. And the shifts were pretty interesting because you either had two-hour shifts on a group line or four-hour shifts on a private line. So, you know, you would be, work two hours here, then four hours here, and then, you know, four hours here. And then, uh, you know, so it was just really easy um, for me to do. I think that it was a God thing, definitely. Um, you know, because it allowed me to study and allowed me to um, basically really get interested um, in this particular field uh, at a heavy level. And eventually this particular line was bought by the Psychic Friends Network. And I was at the Psychic Friends Network until 1997. And the rest, as they say, 
is history. Is your history. Yes, exactly. I, was, um, I just reposted something on Facebook, because you know if it's on Facebook, it had to be true. Um, my sister posted it, and I reposted it. Um, it's like, what, what you're going through today is preparing you for what you've asked for. Yeah. And I just thought that was really a very fun and interesting statement that is something that I've said many times. Well, you're getting ready. You're just getting stuff out of the way or you're or you're getting the experience you need and, and it's so very true and um you know somebody pushed back on that right away and I went yeah cuz you're getting ready for it hello but and, you know the way that I looked at all of this stuff at that particular point Jackie is that you know um doing readings for $24 an hour um going to the beach and doing readings for $10 a reading. Um, you know, I did readings at the Psychic Eye and the Bodu Tree, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, for, at the time, you know, $35 for a half an hour, which at that point, you know, I thought was huge money. Right. Um, you know, at 18, I thought it was huge. It still is kind of big, actually. You know, so um, I wouldn't get out of bed for that. But um, <laughs> uh, just saying. Um, but basically, uh, you know, it kind of, you know, in many ways, and it's one of the things that we talked about. I think one of the differences that we have, and and, and this will kind of segue in a few minutes into what we're talking about uh, today. But I think that one of the things that I think that is missing in the metaphysical field, which I still wish was there, you know, we've talked many, many times, Jackie, on the fact that now that there's kind of this instant expert syndrome that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we had, which was very, very different, is that you pretty much had to earn your dues the hard way in this field um, in the late 80s and the early 90s. It wasn't instant um, anything. Um, because it wasn't widely acceptable. You had to really build a reputation. Not only did you have to really build a reputation, but you had to really slowly build a particular client list, um, right. uh, which was extremely, which was much more difficult because you didn't have the curiosity, um, you know, except for people in the, you know that happened to be in the field. You really didn't have the curiosity um, at that much, or that much at that particular point. I have a couple of announcements to make that I think are kind of interesting. Um, oh, before please, we move into, please. The floor is yours, sir. Into into, uh, into what we're going to be talking about, which is. Um, uh, are your dreams ruining your life? Um, uh, which, what do you do after the secret doesn't work for you anymore? <laughs> <laughs> but the first one that I, I want to make is that um, Jackie and I are both taking a course which is called Yes Engines. Um, it is probably, and I'll have Jackie comment on this also, it is probably the best business course that I've ever taken. It's the best done business course that I've um, ever taken. And, you know, I would recommend anybody that does a business or really wants to know more about digging deep into their into their customers um, and building your business dream, I would definitely suggest going over to yesengines.com and getting on the mailing list for when this is released again. It has been um – well, one of the things they say is if you really want to know what you're made of and if you really want to test your emotional um, intelligence, start a business. Yeah. Because it really um, it, it hits every one of your weak points. It um, uh, makes every one of your strong points feel shaky. It is you're the most vulnerable you've ever been than when you put it all on the line for your business. Yeah. And then um, going through the Yes Engine was really about challenging my preconceived notions. I, you know what I love about um, this course is that anyone who's um, done a business course knows that you create your ideal customer. You create this, whether it's an avatar or, or a description or 
whatever, you, you say, okay, here's my ideal customer and here's where they shop and, and here's, so, so here's how we need to approach them. Well, I loved it when um, Derek Halpern said, that's great, but what you're doing is you're creating a fantasy that justifies the way you feel you should do business. Uh-huh. And, and the three, all of us that, that listened to that and read that, we, we all went, oh, that's so right. Yeah. Because we've lived there, and then we've battled this. You and I talked about this, yeah. where um, we talk about this ideal customer, and I want to go. I think one time you and I were talking about it. And we both said, "Well, where the hell are they?" Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so that so it's it was about getting out there and talking to people rather than sitting in in your little um, self fulfilled world. Yeah. And and isn't that exactly what I talk about all the time? Is that you have to get outside of your world. You can when you keep your world small, it's really easy to validate your own um your own illness. Yeah. It's really validates it to easy to validate your own fantasy of what how you think the world should work, which is why, you know, there's so many people who are uh, you know, interacting in very small groups. Uh-huh. Small groups that validate each other. And it's a human nature thing and that's fine. Um and to to go outside of that comfort zone and really talk to people and say, so what do you what is important in your life and go and and have them have some of your ideas confirmed, but then have other ideas shake your foundation. Yeah, and you know, I think in many ways one of the problems that especially metaphysical business people is I think that they have a tendency to do two things. Okay. I think they have a tendency to market to people that are already interested in this field. Mm-hmm. And I think that they have a tendency to want to market what they like. Um, and, you know, so if you like a dream catcher, $250, sparkly, shiny thing, um, you know, you think that, you know, oh, I'm going to put this in my store and it's going to sell, you know, I'm going to sell 10 of them a day. Um, and then you get 10 of them and you put them in your store and they just sit there. Um, uh, you well, yeah. There's there has to be there has to be a blend between what you like and then what other people want. So there's a book that we picked up um, that actually keystones perfectly into the um, Yes Engine. Uh-huh. It's called This Book Will Teach You How to Write Better. Yeah. <laughs> it's less than a hundred pages. It's very succinct and to the point. And I love his second chapter is that nobody cares what you think. It's called. This title is of that chapter is nobody cares what you think. <laughs> and 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 really as it was like right on time when that book came in um cuz it ties in with what with just with what you said it's like we have what we like and we have how we think we're special but really nobody cares about that. They only care about what they like and what they think is special. Exactly. And yeah. Go ahead. I think that that's what you know. That is the point of being able to reach uh, a particular uh, customer or a particular client is understanding that um, uh, you know catering to what the customer really wants um, is necessary. And you know, then basically what I think that you have to do is that then you have to check in with your ethics. And it may be that you're doing something that, and this is going to get into. The are your dreams ruining your life? Mm-hmm. Are you doing something that may not necessarily be in alignment with who you are? Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and and that could also be sabotaging many different things in regards to your life. 
the second announcement that I have to make. Mm-hmm. I'm all ears. Are you ready? I'm ready. It's taken us four seasons. <laughs> or into the, we're in episode five of uh, of uh, season four. Um, but Keep It Magic. So 3.2 seasons. Yeah, 3.2 seasons. Um, Keep It Magic has reached one million downloads. That is very, very exciting, sir. Very exciting. Our little homegrown um, podcast here at Keep It Magic, which has been a labor of love. Yeah. It ha- we have not done a huge promotion on it other than through our, through our little social media streams. Um, and and I am really excited about that. Uh, it, it's it's uh, uh, you know because of the fact that we decided to do this in a very organic way, um, you know, with minimal amounts of advertising and only using our particular client lists and um, social media presence. It uh, is a big deal. But the, who I think should get the credit for this is not even Jackie and I. It's the people that each and every week. You know, open up their iTunes and download Keep It Magic, or go to Blog Talk and download Keep It Magic, or go to keepitmagic.com and listen to Keep It Magic, um, or anywhere else uh, that the podcast hubs that we uh, happen to be on. That you know, each and every week that you think that Jackie and I have something important to say, and you continue to listen to us, and uh, people continue to listen to us um, uh, because you know our numbers have only grown over the last um, uh, four years. Uh, that we've been doing this. So um, I remember the first show that we downloaded, um, uh, or the first show that we did had 600 listeners, and for Homegrown, Jackie and I were like, whoo-hoo, that was good. Know. You know, now that show has over 2,000 You know, people have listened to that particular show. And uh, it's amazing to me just going back and, you know, because past shows, you know, aren't going to get as much attention um, as our newest released episodes are going to get. So when you go back and you look, Jackie, at 1,600 people, um, you know, went and, and downloaded this show that we did four years ago um, and are interested in listening to our entire catalog, um, you know, it's pretty awe-inspiring. And, you know, Jackie and I take this responsibility pretty seriously. So we want to thank all of you listeners. Yes. You know, um, uh, somebody was saying to me, they said, how, do you, how are you so easy on the radio? How are you so easy in your podcast? Um, and I got to tell you, I'm not that easy. <laughs> well, I'm not that easy. But um, it's it's uh, I wish I still have moments of anxiety of you know I don't know if I can do this. I'm stupid. I got nothing to offer. And then we get on the radio and we start talking. Yeah. And I'm just so grateful to do this with you because, um, like everyone says, we've got great chemistry and we're just it's just because we're easy to talk to each other. Yeah. It's, it's not. Um, no, it's actually real chemistry. You know, people can, you and, and Patty uh, uh, can talk to each other fine in your office. <laughs> <laughs> that does not mean that's going to translate over the air into the radio. No, we sound know. like the Potato Bliss ladies from yeah. <laughs> which I think is hilarious. Personally. Yeah, me too. Um, so you wrote an article that is up on uh, the website, and it is called, Are Your Dreams Ruining Your Life? Um, what motivated you to write this article? <laughs> um, I'm feeling a little bitter right now, but um, it's not just that. It's it's I'm I'm being challenged by my own dreams, but I'm finding that clients are coming to me, and even friends are talking about how they're feeling um, 
a little lost, like they're in the middle of doing what they don't want to do anymore. And I'm also watching other friends like flip um, careers or finish a, um, education, you know, very expensive education, get into the career and going, this is not what I wanted. And it also helps that I was um, reading, um, I'm still working through Desire Map. Um, I'm doing the exercises again. And because um, I got halfway through all the exercises and then life happened and I got dragged away from it. And then I'm like, you know, I, I don't want to start again in the middle. I want to start again at the beginning and, and realizing my answers are a little bit different today. But um, so many people are, are just, they don't know what their dreams actually are. And that really hit me um, in mid-October when uh, I, I said, well, everybody's got dreams. And uh, one gentleman who was sitting with me and my friends, he goes, I don't. I have no idea what my dreams are. I now let's I clarify know. for the listener what you're meaning um, in regards to the word dreams is goals. Goals. Okay. okay. It, it's, it's not like, what's so happening in your sleep. Not, That's the next right, show. Right. We're not talking about dream time. That's the next show. Um, yeah. <laughs> REM. Yeah. No. Um, uh, so these, to me, dreams are your goals plus your fantasies. Okay. Um, and because sometimes dreams are, are not goals at all. Dreams are uh, but they're not quite fantasies. Like to me, fantasy is like I'm going to be the next Taylor Swift. Um, but a dream is, I really want to sing. I want to sing on stage. I want to sing in front of a stadium full of people, um, or a big crowd of people. So that's more mm-hmm. of a dream. And a goal is, I want to be a perfect on-pitch singer. So that's a that's a goal. And mm-hmm. then. So the dream is halfway between the two. And um, a goal is nice. It's very, a lot of times goals are, are pretty practical. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I want to make a million dollars by the time I'm 30. Well, that's more of a dream. I gave but, all that up after I read Desire Map. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go read Desire Map, people. <laughs> so so w- I started really looking at what, um, uh I have too many authors' names in my head. Help me out. Desire Danielle Laporte. Danielle Laporte. Thank you. Um, what Danielle Laporte was talking about in Desire Map, it's, it's just a lot of the same language I use, and, and it was another way of looking at it. So it was, it was pretty exciting to say what's underneath it all. And so when, these, when my clients were coming to me and, and we're looking at what's underneath it all, what I found is that myself included, a lot of our dreams were not created by us. They were not created by our own um, wants and needs and interpersonal desires. And you notice I did not say desires when I was talking about dreams because I think the desire is what is underneath all of it. Yeah. That's that's that our passion, what what gets us up in the morning, and and I think we are out of touch with that mm-hmm. because we're so focused on what that air quote dream is supposed to be. Living the American dream is supposed to be. And it usually involves money and status and and financial gain and recognition, which is just pretty much the same thing. And um, and they're very rarely created by ourselves. Yeah. I have to say, in the past month, every person that's come to me in this struggle is because they're trying to live up to 
a dream that was created by family, society, college, expectations. This is what your potential looks like, so you should shoot Uh for this. And then they take that on as a dream identity. I think in many ways, you know, also, you know, the – one of the difficulties, I had a client, um, this was a couple of months ago, that contacted me, Jackie, and during the consultation, you know, she was calling me about getting a job in business and money, and she's been out of work for two years, and she's only been doing side jobs and stuff like that. And she tells me, you know, this list of things. I said, so, you know, what, what have you been doing, um, you know, both physically and spiritually in regards to attaining your particular goals? So she gives me her physical stuff, which were, you know, the garden variety, you know, you submit your resume, you, you know, all of that stuff that everybody knows how to do. Um, the other part of it, you know, when she got to the spiritual stuff, she goes, I'm a little bit bewildered. And I said, why? She goes, well, you know, 10 years ago I bought The Secret. And, you know, I've been doing law and attraction and law of attraction and law of attraction for 10 years. And she goes, and just nothing seems to manifest. And this, is, this just flew right out of my mouth. You know what, after 10 years, if I was doing something over and over and over of that particular nature and nothing manifested, I probably wouldn't continue doing it anymore. Um, you know, there would be some form of uh, point in which I would say, okay, this here isn't working, let me find something else that might. Um, and one of the things that I think, and it's a question that I have for you, Jackie, is why do you think 10 years ago that The Secret was so popular and so successful? Um, it ripped away part of the um, veil that um, kept the physical world physical and the spiritual world spiritual. Uh-huh. It, it is a it was a tear in the veil, and so um, some of those first tears that you experience um, that make sense to you, and it was it was really right on time um, for a lot of people who were looking for something more. And it was very accessible. It was very normal in many ways. It was very easy. Whereas people before, it, it, we were a little kookier. Uh-huh. We're a little, little far, too far off left for them, and we're with what we were talking about. So this just was plain and in your face, and hey, everybody can do this. So it was well constructed and well written. And and opened a lot of eyes. And you know, one of my friends talks about she does the secret and the law of attraction stuff all the time, and it works really, really well for her. Uh-huh. Um, but you know what's amazing about her? Her life is really straightforward and simple, and all about her. It doesn't have a lot of factors in it that uh-huh. my life has. My life has business factors and kid factors and family factors and employee factors and client factors and vendor factors. Hers is really straightforward of, of this is her life, and if somebody in her life isn't working out, she just veers a little left or a little right and gets out of the way. So that's really, you know, uh, it, it, so I was looking at that going, why is this working so well for you? Oh, because that's how you're living your life. Well, I think that the less complications and the less variables that you have in your life, period, exactly. um, the more of an ability that you can really begin to um, achieve um, uh, what it is that you want, whereas you cut to 10 years later. And in my opinion, the desire map, um, which, number one, was not written by a self-proclaimed spiritualist. It's written by a self-proclaimed businesswoman, mm-hmm. um, uh, flips the entire secret on the other side. Um, you know, sh- you know, Danielle Laporte talks about feelings and 
uh, you, you know, what you want to have happen on the inside as a result of what it is that you're doing on the outside. Does Danielle Laporte know we talk about her and her book this much? No, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> so because we've never met her, and yeah. we just we were the the presentation was right on time for both of us. Yeah, with what we're we're going with, and I I agree with you because it really takes it the next level deeper. I look at the secret and and the law of attraction as a gateway drug. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That's that first. Um, you know, that's that first introduction I had into the spiritual world. That was your first, that was the first time you saw a tarot deck. And then you started digging deeper and digging deeper. Now, if you just stayed with a, with a little white book in the tar- that came with the tarot deck, or if you just stuck with the horoscopes and, and the what is your sun sign book and left yeah. with that, then, then that, that's where you would have stayed. But it's a great gateway. Anything you open yourself up to is a great, hopefully, a great gateway to digging deeper to it. You know, I got into, really got into metaphysics through um, dream interpretation. Yeah. That was my first, that's when I was looking for a book on dream interpretation and somebody sent me to a spiritual store. I'd seen metaphysical books before, but they were really, like, weird anthropological um, chaos magic kind of thing that was all about physics. And I went, I, well, I don't know what that is. Uh-huh. So there's math. I'm walking away. I stopped taking math classes. So, um, but when I when I went in, into that other door, and so then that was that gateway. So, so yes, the secret, the law of attraction is an amazing gateway, and hopefully, what it takes you through, the gate that it takes you through, is your own emotional intelligence or your own emotional shortcomings, your own spiritual blocks and flaws. And hopefully it takes you right up to them so you can bravely see each one. Uh, exactly. And, um, you know, I, I think that um, with the desire map, um, I think that you kind of, you know, at the because, you know, one of the things for me, Jackie, is that I've, you know, for whatever look um, that I've had in regards to it, you know, combined with... Um, uh, uh, you, you know, all of the knowledge that I've acquired in regards to astrology and tarot and clairvoyance and all of the other things that I've done over the past, you know, 26 years. Um, what, what I, the reason why the desire map had such a profound impact on me is because I was able to open up my checkbook, Jackie, and see this lovely figure, okay? Or I was able to look in my savings account and see this lovely figure. And I was able to go on to Experian.com and see this lovely credit score. Um, and, you know, and, and then, Jackie, it was like 15 years ago, I thought that that's what there was to life. I, you know, that's what you did. You got yourself some money. You had a nice amount in your checkbook. You had a nice amount in your savings account. You know, if people needed something, you could buy things for them. You know, um, I love to give, as you know. So, um, uh, you know, you could do something for them. You could be a blessing to them in some form of, of way. And that that would bring you um, some form of sense of fulfillment. And then I got all of these tangibles, Jackie, and I was like, why am I still feeling empty? Right. What what you did is you went for the societal goals, the societal yeah. dreams that say this is what you want to be. You know, and when we are, you know, granted you had a different story um, when you were 10, 15, and yeah. 20 years old. You had a very different, and your big goals in life was just to be safe. Yeah. Um, 
But in in many ways, those dreams, those safety dreams, involved um, having that money yeah. to get the, to get out of Dodge. Yeah. And um, and you created those opportunities for yourself, whether you realize that or not. It was a big motivating factor. You have to put yourself in a position where you're going to make money. So if you were if you were never offered that twenty five dollar an hour job um, on the psychic line. You probably wouldn't have gone in this direction if you were offered a fifteen dollar hour and a dollar an hour job um, as a law clerk. You you know as as a runner for a law clerk, you probably would have gone in that direction. Uh-huh. It, it's really you were going to grab onto that that thing, that first thing that that was going to create a situation where you are now in control of your life. Yeah. So those things that we dream about that we want to be when when we're in our formative years, because our brain isn't fully formed until we're 26 years old. Yeah. It's still forming those, I think, the frontal lobes um, of reasoning and right and wrong. And um, those 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 fantasies that we have when we're, you know, 18 years old and you've got to pick your college um, and see what you're going to do, they are not, they're not fully formed. You don't have the full reason of of why you're doing this. So when you get to to thirty and you go, oh wait, I don't know what, <laughs> what I wanted. Um, or when you get to forty six and say, I'm a little bit tired of doing what I'm doing. I want to really fulfill those those deeper desires for me. My dreams are my dreams are no longer there, and it's okay to redream. Yeah, I think redreaming is very very important. To um, in um, in the fairy tradition, uh, uh, the little that that I w- learned. Okay, let me it. take my gateway drug before I listen to this. <laughs> well, it is it is the pagan tradition of the fairy. Um, it's not it's not the you know like the fairy tale fairy. Or I've been the living the fairy. fairy tradition my whole life. Go ahead. Not the fairy, <laughs> but yes, there's a lot of gay folks there. But they talk about the dreamer. That that the higher consciousness, there's a greater consciousness. The the big creator is the dreamer, and we are the dream. So one of the tenets that that I learned um, from um, a couple of different people was that become the dreamer of your own life. Mm-hmm. So that that means um, start manifesting what it is you you're truly truly want. So that's digging underneath the dream, underneath that that self um propelled trajectory that you put yourself on at 18 or 20 years old. Yeah. When yeah. when you said I want to be a lawyer or I want to be this or I want to be, you know, a mom of five kids or whatever it is. Um, it, it it the other day, um Jackie, I had um on Monday Someone wrote to me um, and said, you know, are you going to put up anything astrological about the election? And, you know, being an incredible people pleaser that I am, okay, and, you know, always love approval, um, uh, although I'm recovering from it. Um, the, uh, you know, the first instinct was, oh, you know, maybe I should write this article. This person would, you know, like me to say something, and, you know, it may help them. And then, Jackie, my mind clicked and said, is that going how are you going to feel when you write this article? And I wrote down on the piece of paper, agitated, annoyed, um, you know, all of this <laughs> list of things, um, uh, 
uh, that was there. And, you know, and my response was when I responded to them and said, you know, right now at this particular point in my life, I'm not really all that interested in political astrology. Um, you know, uh, I'm interested in politics from the particular perspective of, um, uh, you know, doing stuff locally that's going to change my immediate environment. But um, I'm finding national politics kind of an utter waste of time at this particular point, and there's much better things I could focus my life upon than sitting in ideals of victimization and Hatfields and McCoyisms and all of this other stuff. And uh, uh, they wrote back to me and said, um, you know, that's not really a good attitude that you should take if you want to change the world. And my response to that, Jackie, was before, with that type of response, I would have been, oh, I better write an article. <laughs> I better do this. And my response back was, I really only think that the way that I'm going to change the outer world is to change myself. Amen. That that really, it does. It absolutely does. And, and I'll tell you what. And they have me. That's good. Um, it's okay. Um, it's really good that statement is huge because when you change your inner world, the outer world definitely changed because you just change your perspective. Yeah, exactly. And my dream now is not making everybody happy. Right. Right. So you redreamed. Yeah. We've been we've both been redreaming for a while, saying, Wait a minute. My dream was to have and even just a couple of years ago when I started um taking some more classes and actually it was through taking these classes it was through pursuing the dream of having a million dollar, a multi million dollar business and, and making candles and selling them and, and all of this stuff. That was my that was my really big dream is I wanted that multi million dollar business. So I started taking these classes to help me get there because I realized I didn't have enough information. And then as I'm taking these classes, including the Yes Engine, I went, Oh, that's so not my dream. That's not that's that's an expectation of me. That's a status uh-huh. symbol, and that I'll, that says that I get to play with the big boys. Uh-huh. What I really, really want is I want to help people awaken their own personal power and realize they have a voice in their own life, and that they have a choice in their own life. That just even just saying that I've got goose pimples. That's what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. So if that's what I really want to do, that does not necessarily put me on a trajectory for a million dollars. And that's okay, but it puts me on a different trajectory. Because shooting for a million dollars could mean that I no longer work in, within the spiritual world. Mm-hmm. Seriously, actually, that, that burdens me. It burdens me because I'm not going to make a multi-million dollar company out of Coventry Creations by hand-making my products and caring about each each step of the way of, of the creation of the product. Yeah, you're going to need to a large plant, Jackie, probably in China. Exactly. Um, employing, you know, 10,000 people for, you know, 50 cents an hour, um, uh, you know, to sit and make your or, candles so that you could, you know, do your hair and wear the ugly blue shoes on QVC. Right. Or, or I'm going to have to get a whole bunch of machinery that one person is running here. Yeah. Which makes it a very soulless candle. You know, I just, um, and so I went, oh. 
And one of my mentors said, you can be a lifestyle business, because I keep hearing that having a lifestyle business is a bad idea. You can't sell a lifestyle business. You can't. So all of these different um, mentors are telling me that, that this needs, all the different books I'm reading is saying that this needs to be a business that's franchisable. It has to be built in a way that's repeatable, that I can, um, it, it can't be built on my personality because I have to be able to sell this business to be able to get it to that level. And then one of my business mentors said to me, it can absolutely be a lifestyle business. It's yours. Metaphysics is a lifestyle business. Right, right. And But he said, he, 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 we talked about what the definition of a lifestyle business. To me, a lifestyle business was something that you kind of work at part-time and it, and it feeds your habits. He goes, no. He, re, he redefined it for me. A lifestyle business is something that you are passionate about and you live your life through. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's a different story now, isn't it? I yeah. absolutely have a lifestyle business. And, yes, it's going to feed um, my life because it was just, just just a different – it changed my perspective on it, and it made me redream. I decided to redream my life. Uh, one thing, I have a couple of questions for you, and then I want to get into some magic. Yes. Um, why do you think dreams are important for people? Oh, gosh, if you don't have something to move towards, you're going to quickly be moving backwards. Or Um, worse, stuck. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, And that, to me, is moving backwards. It's being stuck means that you're just in in an old space that no longer fits. It's like, you know, wearing that old prom dress. Well, you didn't have one. But... um, if we don't have something to dream, we don't find value in ourselves. Our dreams speak of the value we feel we bring to the world. Uh-huh. And when you don't feel that you bring value to something, if you're if you're in that dead-end job or you're in a miserable situation and you don't feel you bring value to your job, you're not going to be a great employee. You're not going to be a happy employee. Um, if you don't bring, think you bring value to your own life, that you have something that you're uh, something greater than you that you're a part of. To me, dreams allow you to be something greater than who you are. Uh-huh. And if we don't have that, I think as human beings, our psyche needs that is desperate for that. Because when we don't feel that, um, we feel disconnected. In the research that we've been doing over these past couple of months, and I've been talking to a lot of people. Actually, this is now my new party conversation, just so you know. Yeah. And people love it. What is your biggest goal? What is your biggest challenge in your life? What do you think, you know, blah, blah, blah. What What is def- the definition of spirituality to you? What is, um, oh, you know, what's your, whatever, all these different questions that I've been asking. What everyone to a person, everyone to a person, every single person has said that they want a connection to something greater than themselves. Uh-huh. Every single person has said that. And I've been interviewing folks that seem like the most superficial football watch and beer guzzling people in the world. And what was very interesting is the folks that seemed the most superficial had the deepest spiritual need. They were looking. They were looking for the biggest connection. Uh, I think that most of the people that are extremely cynical, um, uh, and I can be a time. Um, uh, the ones that really don't have 
an enormous amount of magic in their life. And what I mean by that is that they are the, I get up at 7 in the morning, you know, take my shower, brush my teeth, get dressed, go to work, go to 9 to 5, come home, uh, you know, lay on the couch for 15 minutes while I gather my bearings together, get up, go to the gym for an hour, come home, throw something in the, in the microwave, mm-hmm. eat dinner, um, take a shower, go to bed, rinse, repeat, day after day after day after day, um, you know, which, is, uh, which may be a sound enough life, but I don't think that there's any spark in it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think that underneath all of that, Jackie, is um, a mystical yearning that has gone bad. In other words, that oftentimes with these particular types of individuals, that at one point in their life when they were doing the dream thing or um, trying to aspire to something, that the mystical, which I think that you need a lot of mysticism to do this dreaming, um, uh, uh, that that mystical cord was cut in many ways, Jackie, and now that they're just kind of going through the motions of having some form of day-to-day life, and what does that really mean? Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think that to do this, you know, to, to have that dream and have some form of inspiration, that it does require a little bit of a spark. Um, mm-hmm. Now, my next question for you is, you're now old Joe, and you listen to Keep It Magic, um, and, uh, or, or we, we will throw up an avatar. <laughs> um, old Jill, um, Jackie, she listens to Keep It Magic every week. She has some, um, uh, you know, spiritual knowledge. Um, obviously, she would if she's listening to this show. She has a little bit of, uh, you know, magical insight, and, you know, she, you know, knows her astrology chart pretty well. Um, and, uh you know, she is at a particular point in which she feels stuck in her life, and she wants to relook at whether or not that her dreams are in alignment, um, or whether or not um, you know something is blocking her, or that there's some form of an obstacle that she needs to get through to get back on the dream machine again. Um, uh, what would you suggest for her? Um, it's time to to. To have an afternoon with yourself, first of all. This is not something that you can, this redreaming doesn't happen within a a five-minute sit down or or while you're sitting in the drive-thru waiting for your Subway sandwich to be made. Um, This is something that that you need to give yourself the space and the love and the nurturing to make happen. Um, And you've got to make it important. That's number one. Um, I'm notorious for saying too busy. I'm too busy. You've heard it come out of my mouth, and you've smacked me down for it too, haven't you, Storm? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It really, really, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So you're too busy to take care of yourself. Hang on, listen to that. Back this up and reverse it. (laughs) (laughs) So you know, so give yourself a half hour. Give yourself an uninterrupted half hour, um, whether you decide you're going to go into half hour later for work or you're going to get up a half hour before everybody else does or go to bed a half hour later, whatever it is. This is your time. And light a candle. Now, I would I would light an intuition affirmation candle or maybe an inner beauty candle or or even uh, any, you know, 
any candle will do at this point because what you're doing is you're setting the mood for you. You're, whenever you light a candle, did you notice whenever you light a candle, you're, you are igniting a part of your soul? Mm-hmm. We, we respond to flame. It's, it's so primal. But when that single flame is a moment of intimacy, that's just what it says. It's universal. It's, and, and sometimes it's just that moment of intimacy between you and the divine. And breathe. If you breathe in and out of your nose, not through your mouth, just in and out of your nose, it's a yoga thing, what you do is you slow everything down. You literally will slow down your heartbeat, you slow down your brain, you slow down your nervous system, you literally slow down when you breathe in and out of your nose. And it takes at least 10 breaths to begin the slowdown process. And do a little grounding, do a little centering, and sometimes this Sometimes all I do to center is I literally put my finger on my nose mm-hmm. and I let myself just flow back into my body. And and just let yourself relax. And as you relax, you get yourself to this place where you can ask yourself a question. What stops me from fulfilling my dream? And you let yourself have that moment of conversation with yourself. You're going to think of something split second, and you're not going to want to believe it. So let your brain circle back around to that initial um, idea that you had. And then if you feel like you're getting nothing, then that means it's a big, giant block that you put in your way. And you just ask yourself, what is that block? What is this block made of? What emotions is this block made of? What color is this block made of? What substance is this block made of? Just keep asking yourself these questions. When you ask yourself gentle questions, when you're going through your own personal spiritual experience, you get a lot farther if you just sit there and going, I get nothing, I get nothing. (laughs) How many times have you sat there going, I'm not getting anything, but that's all you focus on? Yeah. That's pretty much all you're going to get. So so I'm not getting anything. Okay, well, well, what is this nothing made of? Does this nothing have a color? Does this nothing have an emotion? Does this nothing have a substance? You know, um, does this nothing make me want to cry? Am I afraid of what's on the other side of this nothing? So that's that why is that. Why am I getting nothing? When you get nothing, you say, why am I getting nothing? And Sometimes we get ourselves so worked up that we're going to see something like the ghost whisperer sees something. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't yeah. work like that. Yeah, I think we Only on TV does that work like that. Only on TV. And then whenever I'm teaching a class and I say, who here sees ghosts like the ghost whisperer does, like if they were literally sitting in front of you, and somebody's got to raise their hand. And I said, oh, really? What are you seeing in the room right now? Nothing. Okay, then. <laughs> if they say they're seeing something, I'll turn around and say, hey, you didn't pay for the class. you got to go. And um, and so we, you know, very few people, maybe one in a hundred, is going to feel like they actually see something uh-huh. physical, tangible. But what you do is you feel it. You you remember it. It's it's it feels like a memory more than it feels like some new information, as if you're watching TV. Uh-huh. And so then, as you get through that, and as you let yourself unravel that story of what stops you from fulfilling your dream. Um, and and you ask yourself, well, why does that stop me? Then you get to the base question you need to answer, and and it takes a layers, a couple of layers to get underneath there. You ask yourself, what's my true motivation and desire? 
what lies underneath this this dream and what lies underneath the dream is is really the thing that you get up in the morning for that's the stuff that resonates with the core your core self and then you can redream everything based on that desire and all of the things in your life that fulfill that desire I was just talking to my daughter about this this morning, and I said, oh, by the way, this is not instant gratification. Your dreams, your core desires, mm-hmm. and your true motivation has nothing to do with instant gratification. Yeah. And she, as soon as I said that, she looked at me and she went, damn. <laughs> what, she, she's really she's really saying, well, what if I never go to college? She's also a Capricorn, so it's going to be very difficult for for her not to see life through the world of physicality and things and um, tangibility. Um, And Capricorns are also extremely goal-oriented. And I'm talking about goal-oriented in the practical sense of the word. Um, So, uh, uh, you know, if there's not going to be the tangible results, Usually, sunning Capricorn isn't going to want to do it. Um, uh, usually, a sunning Capricorn, Jackie, the last book that they're going to read is going to be the Desire Map. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, you know, because you know, feelings, emotions, um, uh, what do you want to have on the inside for a Capricorn is suspect, and it can be a little bit difficult, basically, for them to get to that particular level, and it's often. You know, the element that is opposite to Earth is water um, in astrology. And uh, so opposite of that tangibility is going to be that emotional stuff. Um, And even though the desire map or um, uh, idealisms of that ilk um, uh, would actually help to balance out the Capricorn a little bit more, it's usually, you know, that's what they're going to pick up after they've, you know, wasted every other resource that they can possibly find. So, um, yeah, that's, it, it does not surprise me that she said, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I love my you know, kids. So it is, uh, it is pretty interesting. Now, Jackie, once they get done getting to the core issues, um, uh, do you recommend them um, uh, uh, going to Coventry and finding orcupidmagic.com and finding... Um, some candles that help them get on that particular dream machine? Well, of course I do. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm a, I use my candles all the time, so I'm a huge advocate for them, not just because they make me money, but because I, I make them so that they work, because I use them. Yeah. And um, today I'm working on fulfilling some dreams of my own, um, that's why both Storm and I are doing Yes Engine stuff. I want to spread the word of magic. You know what I realized? Most people don't realize what magic means. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm uh, learning about that. And you know what? It scares the pants off of me. It really scares me to take this into more of a mainstream market where I am not a big shot and I am not well known. And, um, and I have to challenge people's, um, not challenge people's concepts. I, I, I'm opening doors. Yeah. And um, and and I run the risk of being challenged. I run the risk of being challenged or rejected. And and so this morning, that's my dream. This is my dream to um, redefine what magic means in people's lives. Take it out of the Disney realm. 
and put it into the empowerment realm. Yeah. And this morning as I come in and I'm stressing out about all this stuff and thinking I got too much to do and I bit off too much of the apple uh and and I lit a candle. I literally lit a candle. I came in and go, I need I need my candle and um and I just lit a healing candle because these are my fears that I'm healing. I'm healing um some old tapes that says that I'm that, that say that I am not worthy. And and what's interesting is that um I I learned I realized that those are the tapes that were playing because those are the things that people started saying to me again. People started showing up in my life to tell me those things. Yeah. So there's your clue. If you're working on something, if you're redreaming your dream, if you're if you are looking at what is your desire and your motivation underneath everything, um, if you're looking at that and people weird messages start coming your way or people from your past start showing up and sparking up some old stuff you thought you healed, that is your clue, that is your sign that that's what you're dealing with. Exactly. Um, uh, you know, so I would uh, uh, recommend um, going and finding some candles that are in alignment. Unfortunately, we don't have the time for Jackie to give them to you um, because, you know, she'd have to come up with ten different candle sets off of the hook. So your homework is going to be to find three candles over at Co- Coventry that's going to be able to help you uh, move yourself forward and then buying them um, and getting yourself going in the night next uh, the to the next level. Um, mm-hmm. And you can get those, everybody, at www.keepitmagic.com. We uh, changed where you can find the candles for the show. Um, you can get them at keepitmagic.com. Um, we're done with this episode. Jackie and I will, of course, be da- back in two weeks where we're not going to be talking about your manifested dreams. We're going to be talking about those things that happen while you sleep. Dreams. I love that. So it's going to, which may actually have a lot to do with the insight that you get from those dreams, may actually have a lot of insight into why you may be having difficulty manifesting your actual dreams. You never know. You'll have to tune in and see what we talk about because we never know until we talk about it. So, <laughs> Cruise on over to our website at www.keepitmagic.com. I'm Storm Sestavani. That's Jackie Smith. And Jackie, what do they need to do? Oh, my dears. You all need to keep it magic. Speak life, everybody. We'll see you in two weeks.